The following is a Bell to Bell B2B audio production. Bell to Bell is one of 50 plus trusted brands within the investor brand network, IBN. As a multifaceted financial news and publishing company, IBN uses its network of more than 5,000 key distribution outlets, as well as other corporate communication tools to introduce public and private companies to a wide audience of investors, consumers, journalists, and the general public. Our reputation for highly efficient communication strategies is based on the experience and relationships our team has in the space. It is Investor Brand Network's unwavering commitment to connect the investment community with companies that have great potential and a strong dedication to building shareholder value. The following interview may feature a client partner of Investor Brand Network. IBN may have been compensated for the production of this interview. Please be sure to read our entire disclaimer for full disclosure. Thank you. And here today is your host. Hey, everybody. This is Stuart Smith, and welcome to the Bell to Bell podcast, the podcast that rings in your financial success. We're welcoming back to the show Pax Medica, but today we're speaking with the chief medical officer of the company, David Huff, who previously held the position of vice president at Janssen Research and Development, a renowned subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson. David, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you here. And the recent developments at PacMedica have really caught our attention here. And we want to dive a little deeper into some of those recent events, specifically the meeting that you had with the FDA. And as the chief medical officer, you're at the forefront of PacMedica's groundbreaking innovation. So if you could for us today, would you please provide an update on what transpired during the FDA meetings and its implications for Pax Medica's future endeavors? Sure. Thank you for having me on the show today, Stuart. The recent developments were very transformative for us as a company. The FDA meeting was a pivotal milestone for our regulatory efforts and marks a significant step forward in our mission to bring innovative treatments to patients in need. The FDA engaged with us in a very detailed and informative discussion of the strength and rigor first of our non-clinical toxicology program, which included single and multiple dose studies, genotoxicity studies, as well as safety pharmacology. They agreed with us that a further 13-week study was not necessary, but instead wanted us to take a look at the literature and compile a comprehensive summary of all the data that was there and then justification for the findings and why they might differ from between different species and between various species and humans. We thought that this was a very helpful suggestion from the FDA. They also engaged in a very extensive discussion on our efficacy study, which we called PAX-PAT-301. This was a very unique study. And let me just explain that we can't do a standard clinical trial, double-blind, placebo-controlled, because this is a disease that is uniformly fatal. So how we had to engage in the study was more of a real-world evidence study in which we looked at patients who had been treated over a 20-year period from 2000 to 2020 who had African sleeping sickness. The variety, the specific one is called uh, TB rhodesiense, human African trypanosomiasis. And then we looked at a natural history control group from 100 years ago before Suramin was introduced. This study is, is very uh, unusual because typically you have to do a randomized placebo-controlled trial in order to get FDA approval. 
They identified some potential issues with this non-standard study, which we will certainly address in our NDA. And they acknowledged the extensive effort that the company had gone through to find this natural history cohort and to do the analysis that we did. They also took a look at the suggestions we had for PK. This is uh, the pharmacokinetics of the product. There's an extensive literature of serum and in different patient populations that we are going to summarize, and they agreed to review that in the NDA. They agreed with us that the thorough QT, QTC study, which is a normal requirement, would not be feasible with sermon given its very long half-life and the way that it's dosed every few days. And finally, they looked at the data that we have in-house now in Pax Medica on an acute kidney injury study that was conducted and patients were treated with sermon. And they agreed that this could be a potential alternative to conducting a renal impairment study. So taking all of these recommendations and discussions in summary, we believe that we have sufficient data for a filing of the, of the NDA next year. And it, we are very excited about moving forward uh, with this program, which we think will bring an important medicine to the United States approval for this neglected tropical disease. Well, very good. Thank you so much for that in-depth analysis of that, David. And we just have a few questions for you, diving a little bit deeper into some of your responses that you just gave us. So what were the key discussions or feedback received from the FDA regarding the regulatory pathway, as you already mentioned, for PAX-HAT 301? Uh, and how do these insights influence PAX-Medica's future plans currently? So the, the discussion, I think, was very important for us, uh, particularly with the a PAX HAT 301, this efficacy study, because we had to know how the FDA viewed this data. We heard their suggestions, we took them on board, and we plan to address them in the NDA. Their advice about the non-clinical toxicology program was crucial for us in determining what the next steps would be, and really, I think, shortened the timelines for our NDA. And finally, the feedback we got on the PK modeling, the comparability of the drug supply with the bear product, the fact that they would consider using the data in acute renal injury uh, was very, very positive from our point of view. Well, very good. So how does the FDA's acknowledgement of the strength of Pax Medica's data impact the company's approach to addressing unmet medical needs and neglected topical uh, diseases? And what strategies does Pax Medica plan to implement as a result? We plan as some next steps to gather support from local experts in Malawi, Uganda, and other endemic areas of Africa around the need for a second manufacturing supplier of sermon, which we think will be very beneficial. We also want to solicit their input on the importance of this uh, approval for global public health. We plan to implement all the recommendations from FDA and move forward with our plans to submit the NDA as soon as possible. And having Suramin approved in the United States, we think would allow a faster timeline for patients who are infected with TBR, human African trypanosomiasis, uh, if they come back to the United States after traveling in an endemic area and become infected. Well, David, finally, can you elaborate on the implications of the granted waivers for the thorough QT and QTC study on the developmental timeline of overall strategy for PAX-HAT 301, and how does this align with PAX-Medica's broader mission and vision? 
Well, I think, you know, the, the waivers that we have received and the alternative approaches will dramatically shorten the timelines that will be needed for us to file the NDA. We're very happy about that. Uh, we got a lot of different suggestions across the board in our non-clinical and clinical programs. And I think that the plans we have now for moving forward are much shorter than we had originally thought. They will be less costly to implement since we don't have to conduct some of these studies, and they will be less risky. We're very excited about the opportunity to bring this important new medicine to market and think that we have a much shorter, less risky pathway now. Well, very good, David. Another great interview with another great team member there at Pax Medica. We eagerly await more big news from your company. Thanks so much for sharing with Pax Medica's continued advancements in the field of pioneering neurological therapies. Thanks so much for your time today, David. Thank you for having me, Stuart. It's been a pleasure to discuss our exciting developments here at Pax Medica. All right. For David Huff, Chief Medical Officer of Pax Medica, this is Stuart Smith. Saying thanks so much for tuning in. This audio production is an original broadcast provided by Bell to Bell, B2B. And all rights are reserved. B2B is your primary destination for informative updates and exclusive interviews with executives operating in fast-moving industries. We make market hours more informative with deep dives into the stocks on our watch list and in-depth examination of the trends guiding North American markets forward. Bell to Bell is another trusted brand under the Investor Brand Network, IBN. IBN may receive payments for corporate communication relations, as well as various press releases and social media solutions provided to its client partners. You should assume that officers and directors of IBN or financial analysts mentioned hold a position in and may intend to trade the securities for their own accounts. This interview is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be or should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, investment in the featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This audio interview by IBN is not purported to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used in statements of fact have been obtained from featured company and other sources, but not verified nor guaranteed by IBN as to completeness and accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. Please see our full disclaimers and disclosures at InvestorBrandNetwork.com.